Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Praise the Lord. Everybody online, we are so grateful for you, your life, your family. We are just praying for people's healings and for miracles of, of healing people's bodies. And we want to agree with you right, right there in your home, wherever you may be right now, that the Lord will touch you and make you whole. If you know someone else who needs healing, just have them on your heart and your mind as I touch and agree with you. Because our Lord Jesus said, if any two shall agree as touching anything, that they shall ask the Father in Jesus' name. He will do it for them. Of course, it's anything that is in line with God's will. And we know that healing of the sick is God's will. Why? Because God said, I am the Lord, takes away sickness from you. We know that healing is God's will because he said, Jesus bore our sins and our sicknesses. And by his stripes, we are healed. So let's agree right now. Father, we touch and agree as you have done here in the service. Now, Touch people in their homes and touch their friends and loved ones. Everyone whose name is on their mind, whose life is on their heart. Thank you that you are not limited by distance, space, or time. Thank you. If we can give good things, we who are limited, human, natural, can give good to our children. How much more you, our Heavenly Father, who is perfect love, who is able to do all things, give strength, give health, give vitality, give wholeness, grant long life, long life, long life, filled with health and peace, to all God's people. We thank you for hearing, Lord. We thank you for answering. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, thank you that if any two agree as touching anything shall be done. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. So we touch and agree now and we speak to bodies, the temples of God. Be made whole. Now, in Jesus' name, be made whole. Be made whole. Be made whole. Bodies be healed. Be made whole. Be made whole. Be made whole. We speak life into you. Be made whole. It is the will of God that you be healed. So be healed. Be made whole. Receive soundness of body. In Jesus' name, by the faith of God, we call it done. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. And as Lord, yes, yes, we give God praise. And yes, join the people in the church right there in your home, you also give God praise. Amen. God bless you, church. God bless you. Go ahead and give God praise. It's important to thank God. You know, you thank people for what they do for you, what they give to you. We want to thank God. Amen. And something about Thanksgiving, the more you give thanks, the more gets done. 
Amen. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. And as God has healed and touched, the same way he will do other things. He will make all things well. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. I see people are excited. Uh, I think uh, I can use the word pumped. <laughs> people are pumped. Praise God. Amen. I I'm ready to preach and teach, and I see people just like giving me like, Pastor, go on, you know? Uh, yeah, 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 it's good. <laughs> so thank you for the encouragement. I'm sure you, you've heard good things from God. <laughs> I, I feel it. <laughs> Amen. God is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm actually going to teach. Uh, the subject has to do with healing, and the title is Divine Wisdom for Health and Wholeness. Amen. So for those of you taking notes and for the media team, we're looking at divine wisdom, you know, wisdom for health and wholeness. Amen. Bless the Lord. All right. Praise God. God is good. All the time, someone said, and all the time, God is good. Amen. Praise God. All right. Wisdom for health and wholeness. All right. We're going to start actually uh, by laying a foundation that uh, God wants us to, let's see, what's the word? God wants us to use I know this is church, and so we think about spiritual things. Uh, and you obviously expect a pastor to just talk about spiritual things, which, which is fine, which is right. However, in addition to teaching about uh, spiritual ways to, to be healed, to be made sound, uh, to be made well, I want to begin by looking at practical things that we can do. Amen? Okay. So, uh, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter four and verse eight. Thank you, Lord. You found it? You have it? Uh, and uh, probably you have it on the screen now, so. We can, we can read it, 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. Now, this first part of the teaching has to do with practical things that we can do, but I need for you, born-again believers, to, to just bear with me, be patient, allow me to develop this, uh, knowing that though they are practical, they are 
sanctioned by God. Amen. They are acceptable to God. They are part of God's will for our lives. All right. So let's be patient. I know it's church and you want to hear the anointing will destroy the yoke, which will happen. And we'll get to that. You want to hear God's word will bring the healing because we're used to that. And that's right. Uh, but there are also other aspects of our lives that we need to pay attention to that will help us walk in wholeness, walk in health, and actually just live in health. Amen? And for Christians to know that uh, these things are uh, sanctioned by God, approved by God, is important so that you're comfortable with it and you can work together with God in doing those natural things, practical things, and not feel guilty and also not feel like you don't have faith if you do those things. You follow me? Sometimes you can get other Christians who love you well-meaning, but maybe not mature enough or not having been grounded in the word of God enough who will criticize you for, they would say you're walking in the flesh when you actually tell them, oh, I'm doing these natural things to try to be well. And they'll be, they'll be like, oh, well, you don't have faith. You know, just confess the word. You'll be all right. You know, there are people who do that. You know, just confess the word. You'll be all right. There are even some Christians that if you tell them you're going to go see your doctor, they look at you like, oh, you see, you see a doctor? It happens. And then you have other Christians who, are, who can say, like proudly say, oh, for the past 20 years, I've never seen a doctor. So does that mean you are Jesus? Does that mean you are an angel? Does that mean that you have A plus? So what, the other Christians who see doctors, does that mean they are sinners? See, there are a lot of things we say and do that actually aren't, Biblical. And they're not the best way to handle things. You know? So I want to teach this. Praise God. Let's make it comfortable for other brothers and sisters to do uh, what is necessary for, for their wholeness. You know, without feeling condemned, uh, feeling like their brothers and sisters will look down on them or judge them or gossip about them that, oh, you know, they don't have faith. Uh, they are taking medication. Uh, they don't have faith. Uh, did you see him walking with a walking stick the other day? Well, that's because, you know, he's, he's out of line with God. I think he's been sinning against God. You know, like the whole thing, uh, what's his name? The, the, the guy in the Bible who went through a hard time and his friends were criticizing him. He ended up telling his friends, you are miserable comforters, you know, Mr. Job. Yeah, I mean, these, that was, these were, that's a real, real human being who went through something. And people didn't understand why he was going through what he was going through. They're trying to figure it out. And one of them said, Job, you're a hypocrite. The other one said, well, you have some secret sins because nobody can go through what you're going through if they have not done something wrong. That was what they used to think back then. It's unfortunate that even today, 
Some people still think that way. Despite all the technology we have, the information we have, the knowledge we have, how much God has added revelation to the church, and the church has grown since it was started over 2,000 years ago. We have grown. We should have grown, and we should have left certain things you know, way back there. Back there. But it's, it's rather sad that we're still doing that today. So we got a lot of problems in the body of Christ concerning people being well, being healed, how they can be healed, how can they stay well. We have a lot of problems getting people well because of a lot of these problems, you know. Instead of agreeing with somebody, a brother or sister, stand with them in agreement and drive the enemy out, uh, they will not tell you because when they tell you, you criticize them. And it may be that in that particular case, God wants two to chase 10,000. Maybe that's how God has chosen to move in that case. You just never know. Sometimes healing may come through praise and worship. Yes, these are all things in the Bible. God doesn't heal through one means. There's so many different ways in the Bible, including practical things that God approves of including taking medication that God, God approves of. I will teach you from the Bible. Are we good to go? Alonzi Silver Play. Let's go. Amen. So we start with 1 Timothy 4 and what? Verse 8. Praise God. And I'll do one more practical thing and then we'll read the scripture. Practical thing. I'm kind of hot. It's not, what's Andropos? Menopause, andropause. It's I, I I guarantee you, it's not andropause. I don't know. I come to church and then I'm hot, you know. Praise the Lord. It's definitely not hot flashes, you know. <laughs> I can tell you that. Amen. All right, so First Timothy chapter 4. Somewhere in the world, it's because we have the heater on, you know. In a, in a hot climate, right now it's getting cold. So we have the heater on and my body is adjusting. So I'm hot when you're cold. You found First Timothy 4? Verse 8, thank you. Uh, for bodily exercise, profits little. We read on. We don't stop there. All right? Don't stop there. Amen. It's just like eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for man. Don't stop there. You have to continue. Because in the scripture it says, but... Although eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, the heart has not perceived. If you stop there, somebody's going to conclude and say, well, we don't really know God's will. The heart is not perceived because that's what the Bible says. No, that's not what the Bible said. Read on. Even the devil quotes the Bible. So you have to quote it in the context in which it was given you. So where he said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared, that's not saying we don't know God's will. Continues to say, but God has revealed his will to us 
as we reveal these things that certain eyes have not seen, certain ears have not heard. The hearts of people who are not born again, unregenerated, have not understood or perceived. They don't know. But to us who are born again, who have God's spirit, God has revealed these things to us. Amen. We're good? All right, so let's read here. Bodily exercise, 1 Timothy 4.8. For bodily exercise profits little. If you stop there, your conclusion will be, well, if it's little, it's not much. Forget it. Put it away. Read on. For bodily exercise profits little, but contrast, but godliness. Godliness is a spiritual thing, right? Even if you don't understand it, what it is, you know what it is. In the context, we've seen that exercise, physical exercise, is opposite to godliness. Are we good? Mm hmm. So godliness is spiritual. Exercise here is physical, even though it can provide emotional benefits and mental benefits. Exercise here is a physical activity compared to godliness, which is a spiritual activity. Amen? You're praying spiritual activity. Reading the Bible, meditating on the Bible, doing what God said. Spiritual activity. Walking in holiness. Spiritual activity. Are we good? Right. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable. So same profit. Profit here. Profit there. Godliness is profitable unto all things. So he must mean, he must mean in the context that exercise profits some things, not all things. Are we good? Godliness profits beyond what exercise profits. Doesn't mean exercise is bad. But if you compare physical exercise to the spiritual exercise of holiness, holy living, godly living, so on and so forth, godliness provides more over and above what physical exercise gives you. Amen. This means the Bible is telling believers you need to exercise your body. The Bible is approving. Exercise your body so that the exercise can give you profit. It's only little compared to what spiritual exercise provides. In comparison to what spiritual exercise provides, physical exercise is little in light of comparing the two, the benefits of spiritual exercise. That doesn't mean that spiritual ex physical exercise is bad or unimportant. Also, it doesn't mean that the profit from spiritual exercise is actually small. No, it can be a whole lot. It's just that when you compare it to 
the benefits of spiritual exercise, godliness, it is in, it's insignificant, in fact, because if you're thinking about things that I got to do, insignificant in terms of, in a sense of, if you're thinking about doing spiritual things that get, that help you live eternally with God. All right, pay attention now. You're doing something spiritual that helps you live forever and ever and ever with God compared to something you do in the natural that adds 10 years to your life. Well, that makes you live to 150. 150 years compared to living forever with God pales in comparison. When you compare the benefit, the benefit of I took a spiritual step of receiving Jesus, walking with Jesus, that made me live with God after I had a benefit. I ate right, I exercised, I slept well, I lived a clean life. I got all those physical benefits that added years to my life that made me live 120, 130, 140, 150 years. God bless you. Praise the Lord. But even after 150 years, your life ceases on earth. But after your life ceases on earth, you still live. Not on earth, but you live somewhere. Are, are you with me? A human means our lives don't end here on this planet. We are spirits. We, we are spirits. You are alive because you got a spirit inside you. When your spirit leaves your body, other human beings who are living bury your body or cremate your body. They'll take one of the things that you never have to worry about is when you die. The most important thing is to worry about is how to live and then where you're going to be after you leave this planet. I guarantee you, when you die, the living will take care of the human body. They'll, they'll do something with it. They're going to burn it. They're going to bury it. The government, somebody's going to do something with it. It doesn't really matter. And that's one of the things you never really have to care about. <laughs> I know it's hard for people. This is, this is heavy, right? It's heavy stuff, heavy material. But it's real. It's important. Most important thing about life is where you're going to live after you leave this planet. And that goes on forever. So what you need to do is to engage God while you have the choice. You have the authority and the power to determine your, your eternal fate. Engage God now before you die. Because after you die, you don't have that authority. You have authority to determine what happens to your life when you are here on this planet. After you leave, everything's out of your hands. And where you end up after you leave this planet is determined by the choice you made before you took your last breath. So make sure that you do that godliness part he's talking about here so that you have this incomparable eternal benefit of being in God's presence. Because the, the worst thing in existence is to be where, is to live without God. Is to live without God's presence. God doesn't want to send anybody to hell. But there's a spiritual prison that God made for the devil and his angels. 
and humans aren't supposed to join the devil and his angels. Let them go there alone. Because when they sin, they are saying you weren't there. So let them pay for the sin that they committed. Amen? I'm going to show you that scripture and come right back here. Matthew 25, 41. Let me show you. So the next time somebody says to you, I don't believe that God's going to send anybody to hell. It's a good God. How can a good God send people to hell? Agree with them. Don't disagree with them. Agree with anybody who says, I don't believe a good God. Say, I don't want to believe in God because you're all Christians. You say, you know, God's going to send people to hell. You know, I don't Agree with them. Agree with them. Because the truth of the matter is that God does not want any to perish. So the moment people talk, start talking like that and you agree with them, they get shocked because they're not expecting you to agree with them. They're looking for a fight. You say, no, 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 no. Yeah, you, it's, you're right. For those of you who know, find the scripture that where God says, I, I do not want any to perish. Hello? Come on, people. God does not want any to perish. But have everlasting life. So agree with them. Then after you agree with them, you go to the part where you say, you see here, he says, but he wants you to have everlasting life. So now let me explain to you how you can get that everlasting life. This is how you do it. Hello? Hey, I'm being like Pastor uh, Sandra doing evangelism a little bit right now. Okay, so go to Matthew 25, 41. I, I think it's on the screen for you uh, at home. For those of us in church, uh, we're now about to turn to it. Matthew 25, 41. All right, so everybody in church, if you found it, say amen. Okay, good. Those on, online, you have it on your screen. Matthew 25, 41. Then said, then, excuse me, then shall he say unto those on the left hand, depart from me. Left hand just means it's used in the Bible to say that the right hand is the right, it represents righteousness. So the left hand here will be the opposite of righteousness, which would be unrighteousness. Are we good? Okay. The right hand of fellowship. So left hand is no fellowship, no friendship with God. That's all it's saying. It's not saying that some, there's something wrong with somebody's left hand. It's just showing you that some side is good, the opposite of it is not. So if he's using right, then you'd say the opposite would be left. That's all. You know, so agosh will be off. If you're acting agosh, that means you are not acting cool, you're not acting right, you're not acting civil. You understand? Okay, agosh left. Francais, French, yes? Okay. Let's go. Matthew 25, 41. Then said he, <laughs> I know, I'm reading from my head, not from what my eyes are seeing. Forgive me. Then shall he say also unto those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into, please read on, into everlasting fire. Don't stop there. Read on, please. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Everlasting fire, even if we don't know what it is, what it represents, all of because he's using imagery here. It's just his imagery. All right. So 
Assuming we don't even know exactly what it is, we know that there's some place that has been prepared. There's a prison, some punishment place, some judgment place. You have to know a whole lot of theology to figure a whole lot of things in the Bible. Just, just read it the way it says it and just think about it. You can tell he's using imagery, you know. This is hell, everlasting fire, prepared. Because fire burns. Fire destroys when it's uncontrolled. That's all. <laughs> Are you with me? That, that is all God is saying to us. Fire when it's not controlled and fire when it's not designed to purify, you know, polish into gold. It's unrestrained or fire set on somebody's house as arson to kill the people in the house and to destroy that is bad. So God is just telling humans, I want to paint this picture that you can relate to. Come on, people. Are you understanding me? There are a lot of things in the Bible that we read that are actually not exactly what we think. But God uses enough words that you and I can relate to to help us understand what he's talking about. Hold your place. Let me teach you today. Hold your place there. I know I'm going to work my way back to all of that. Let me just show you something in Revelation 16. And you tell me what you think. Revelation, rhetorical, you know. So talk back to me in your mind. <laughs> All right. Revelation uh, 16, and let's do verse 13. 13. Revelation 16, 13. At this point, we're looking at imageries that God gives us so that we can have some understanding of how things are in the spirit realm. But you have to know that it's not exact. You understanding at home? It's, you have just a picture of it. Because I'm telling you, there are things celestial and things terrestrial. 1 Corinthians 15. The glory of the celestial is different from the glory of the terrestrial. And the glory of the celestial is higher than the glory of the terrestrial. The Bible says. Jesus says, if I have told you about earthly things and you don't understand, you live on earth. I'm telling you earthly things. You don't get. How are you possibly going to get it when I tell you about heavenly things? You see that? Are we good? Okay. So, have you found Revelation 16, 13? It should be on your screen. I gave our media team a minute to put it there. Let's read. And I saw three, everybody please pay attention. I saw three, not one, not two. In this case, how many? Three. Three unclean spirits. Unclean. What's another word for unclean? Foul. Dirty. We're good? I saw three unclean spirits. What's what are the next two words? You read that. Like frogs. They are like frogs. He didn't say, I saw three unclean frog spirits. Did he say that? He said the spirits are like 
frogs. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? Because he knows that you know that here on earth, the habitat of frogs, where frogs live, is often unclean. He's already told you, I saw unclean spirits. Are you understanding this? So if he, if he chooses an animal that lives in an unclean area, you're like, okay, I get it. Are we good so far? Amen. It doesn't mean somebody is possessed by a frog. It just means that whatever spirit is operating in them makes the place dirty. It's like a swamp. It's filthy. And it also invites other dirty things. There's often no movement, no activity, no momentum. They are not moving forward. For in Acts 17, 28, we are told that it is in Christ we live, not die. We, come on, we live and move and have our being. May the Lord give you divine momentum, even as you hear this word. May the spirit of the Lord in you quicken you, energize you. Amen. We're not just learning text. We're learning something that is living. So it's happening as you're listening. The word is living. It's not just black and white or red and white on paper. It's a living. It's the living word of God. You've been healed as you pay attention to the word. You've been delivered. Amen. Okay, let's finish here. Uh, Revelation, what was it? 16, 13. Thank you. I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. And out of the mouth of the beast. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. So sometimes also, just explain just a little something. Sometimes when spirits are cast out of people, the spirit is cast out, right? They will leave out of their mouth. They will exit a person's life out of their mouth. All it is, is uh, God is saying is that uh, the points of a person's life where things go out, spirits can go out. Any point. So if the, even the extremities. So they can leave. They can leave out. Uh, okay, I'll just leave that part because let's just take it that they, they'll go out. Amen. Amen. Yes, I know you get it, but it's online. Some people just take it somewhere else. We don't want to go there. I pray now, even now, that sickness will leave your bodily members. In the name of Jesus, they will leave. They will leave your bodily members in the name of Jesus. Just like in Matthew chapter 8, it says Jesus touched Peter's mother-in-law, who was sick in bed with a fever, and the fever left her. Think about it. The fever left her. So if she is here and it left her, it's no longer here. Amen. 
You have to see it leaving her, just leaving her body. It left her body. <laughs> it left her body. <laughs> left her body. That's in Matthew 8. A little similar to in Luke 13. And most of you know this. Those who don't know it, you can check it out later. But in Luke 13, woman thou art loosed. Most of you know that, don't you? All right. For those who don't know it, in Luke 13, there's this woman who has a curvature of her spine. Her back is bent and she could not straighten herself. So physically, that's her problem. Jesus said this physical problem is actually caused by a spirit in her particular case. It's not every case of a curvature of a spine that was caused by a demon. But in that woman's case, it was a demon. So Jesus did not heal her first. Jesus delivered her first. The way that Dr. Jesus, the great physician, dealt with that condition was not attacking the physical problem of the curvature of her spine. Jesus diagnosed it to be this. A spirit has caused the back to bend. So if I get the spirit out, then whatever is sitting on her is gone. The weight, the spiritual elephant that's on her is gone. So she can straighten her back. Are we good now? Now that her back is straightened, whatever we need to do for the ligaments, the tissues, the muscles to strengthen them, the healing hands of Jesus touching her now, now gives life into those areas and fills all those areas and quickens all the cells. Everything that needs to be done, the Lord who made a human body knows it and his touch will provide that. In the spirit realm, he doesn't need to explain that, but he knows it. He knows your human body. Amen. That is why there were cases where somebody was deaf and mute. And I don't even know if I should say this. Um, okay. All right. So Jesus cast the spirit out and the person was fine. Then in another case, somebody was deaf, not just hearing problems, they were deaf. And another person had speech impediment, so could speak a little bit. In that person's case, Jesus touched their tongue. You know, like touch their tongue. I know COVID times, you don't touch people, but touch their tongue. And some things, sometimes it's better to let the person read it. Because when you say it, they are like, hmm. And then also, when you say it, someone who is not schooled in the word may take it, some prophet or pastor somewhere, and start running with it and start spitting on people. Because in that particular case, there's one case in the scriptures that Jesus But that's Jesus, that's God, yeah? Jesus spat. And with some of the spittle, touched the man's tongue. If you're going to do that today, you better really hear from God. Better make sure you don't get sued. You don't get written about online.
may destroy your ministry. I'll leave that alone. Amen. Find all the other ways you can minister healing <laughs> and leave the spitting out. Amen. But I just showed you that Jesus did that. The same Jesus who sometimes just cast out spirits. There was one case he did that. In fact, there's another case, I think John 9, yeah, where he also spat on the ground and made mud, you know, dirt. You have mud, dirt, but you need some water. You need liquid. So he spat on the dirt. And the strangest thing in that case was the man was blind. If you think about it, if somebody's blind, eye problems, you don't want to mess up the eye. If you introduce dirt on somebody's eye, you're going to cause problems, right? Okay. Why are you so quiet? You're listening. Very good. Then you heard my question. If you put dirt on somebody's eyes, would it cause a problem? Thank you. Thank you. You answered my question, right? Okay. In that case in John 9, Jesus actually spat on this mud, on this uh, dirt, sand, and made mud and put it in a blind man's, a blind man's eyes. What is he saying? He's saying to you that he created humans and he made our bodies from the dirt. It so happens that this man's dirt in being made and formed, he's missing some dirt that should have gone to his eyes. So he's saying, I've got to put in place that nutrient, that vitamin, that chemical, that dirt. Basafu will teach this better. Or some biology or doctor will teach this better. Because they can tell you that there's this part of the eye that needs this vitamin K or whatever. And when you have this kind of dirt in this part of the world, it has so much of vitamin K that if the person is eating food from that part, it will help their eye heal. That's the Lord telling us that there are practical things that he approves of that need to be done or put in human bodies for human bodies to amend. Somebody's saying, well, he created us. Why didn't he just make it perfect? Oh, thank you very much. When you read Genesis, when he made us, he said, you're very good. Everything is very good. Just live the way that I want you to live and you're going to be fine. There's just this, this other way I don't want you to live because you have no idea what else is going to happen to you if you go that way. One thing that will definitely happen to you is that you will die. But all the other things that will happen, you don't even want to go there. Before you, you, you're going to die spiritually, then you're going to die physically. And before you even die physically, all the things that can go wrong, you don't want to know. So don't just touch it. But did we listen? Of course not. I did the same. You did the same. Adam did the same. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And God put 
the punishment of our for our sins on Jesus. And if, to be free, you just believe in what Jesus did. Then you're free. That's it. That's love. Amen. Okay. Anybody here had a baby, yeah? You had a baby, and as the baby was growing up, you bought, I forgot what they call it, but uh, there's something we, we would buy and put uh, by the stairs. You know, you block the stairs so the baby can crawl, you know. The what? Gate, guard, yeah? Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and then you let the babies, as they're, they're creeping and crawling around, you let them alone, and they are playing, and they're all over the kitchen and the family room, yes? But you block the side where the baby could roll over the stairs and hurt themselves. Isn't that right? Okay, so you think about it. The child can roam free all over the living room and everywhere, and they're good. There's just a side that you know the adult, the, the parent. You're wiser, you're smarter, you're older. You know if they go this way, you don't even want to think about it. What could happen? But the child doesn't know. So you protect the child. This is what God did for Adam and Eve. He put them in the garden and he said, everything here is yours. My God, everything is yours. It's just this one tree, don't touch it. Isn't it amazing that as we're raising our children, we tell them you can do everything but not, don't touch this one. And it's the one thing you said don't touch, that's what they're going to touch. I've done it, you've done it. I know we're in church, so everybody's looking. I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, you do, you know. Adam did it, Eve did it, we all did it. But before we did it, God had put the gate. He said, don't go. But we're going to go. I saw Steve Harvey, Mr. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, I got the name right. Comedian? Mr. Steve, I put this on, on, on the internet. Pictures of kids. They had the gate. The parent had the gates. And the kids were jumping over it. Little. They, they saw them on cameras. The parents were shocked. Man, I didn't know my child could do that. Some child, children are amazing, yeah? And then I saw he showed some things that dogs, pets, they locked the, the gates and pets coordinated to open it. I was like, wow, those are some smart dogs. You know, one went and stood and the other jumped on his back and they, they opened. I'm like, wow, these dogs are very smart. I don't know what, is, what it is about us. You know, God says, everything is yours. Just one thing, don't touch. And that is the one thing we will touch. You know, you go away on the weekend, mom and dad go away, tell the children, do whatever, everything is okay. Just don't do this one thing. Oh, it is that one thing they do. <laughs> The Lord help us. So, let's leave Revelation 
Let's go to Matthew 25. I'll finish that. Well, that was 41. Then shall he say unto those on the left hand, Depart from me, ye curse into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And the lesson there was, hell was not made for you, so don't go there. Tell the devil he can go alone. And you want to go with God. Praise God. Now, one thing we are fighting about online now, Christians are fighting about online now, is, is heaven actually a location? <clears throat> or it's just in the spiritual realm? I'm like, why is that even an argument? Why? And then as the arguments go on, eventually I get asked a question, what do you think? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to join this fray. Well, if I have to address something to my church and help my church, I will do that. Amen. You asked me privately to help you as a young minister coming up, I will show you in scriptures. Praise the Lord. But when we choose Jesus and we leave this body, we are present with him. <laughs> Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That is what is important to me. And there is a place I'm going to be present with him at. Yes. There definitely had to be some kind of, some place in the heavenly realm where there was an assembly. You know, there, there, it, it cannot be nebulous. It cannot be like, it's just like it's all over the place and there's actually no particular location where something is done. When in fact you see both Old Testament and New Testament in the book of Job, God says to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan says to God, I've been going to and fro. That means to is not fro. Whatever fro means, we just know intelligently, I've been going to and fro. So I know fro is not to. When he's at to, he's not at fro. Simple. Up and down. So when he's down, he's not up. Satan is not omnipresent. But God's spirit is omnipresent. Amen? Because he is God, uncreated. All other things were created, and so they are limited. But he has no limit. However, the fact that God is uncreated, omnipresent, everywhere present because he's a spirit, Amen? And by his spirit, he can be everywhere present. Does not mean that God cannot convene a meeting in a particular place in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realm. Because evidently, in the book of Job, God convenes a meeting and he says, the sons of God, angelic beings, not beings that you eat, beings. Amen? Somebody asked me that one day after I preached. 
we laughed about it. So, book of Job, it says that the sons of God, referring to angels, appeared before God. So, that means there is some place in the spiritual heavenly realm where there was some meeting. And it says, Satan came also. So it cannot mean that there's just like all this all over. No, it was, there's a, a convention. God's there and say, God says, where have you come from? So he's come to a particular location. It doesn't make sense. It's, there is a location in the spirit realm where when you die, the believer will go to. There, there, there has to be some place because the Bible says so. Now we have been told even the city of heaven that God bothered to describe in the book of Revelation actually doesn't even mean the city of heaven anymore. It just means born again believers. Because we are the city of God. The city has dimensions. I think it's a cube. That the Bible, a cube. Am I a cube? Are you a cube? <laughs> it says it's a cube. And, and it says in the book of Revelation, that the, the angel of the Lord said to John, come, I will show you the city. If the city is believers, what does it make John when John is being pointed to? He's showing John the city. God help us all. Fresh Timothy. Thing is, we got to learn the Bible properly for it to help us. Amen. You believe wrong, you think wrong, you act wrong. And you can suffer needlessly all your life till you die. It doesn't have to be that way. Amen. First Timothy 4, verse 8. Took me a while though to do that one. For badly exercise profits a little. Let's get the little profit we can. Get it. Amen. I have an uncle who was into sports. Now he's retired. Remember he's telling, he told his sister, that's my mom. My mom. You know, do this. Even if you can't move. Like you get to a certain age, you're limited in, you know, movement and all that. He says, sister, move, move, do this with your hand. You even move your, move the fingers. Do, do this. Start doing this. Just do that. And then do this and do the little because it's, it's, the, it's the brother, you know, you grew up with your own, you know, he knew how to communicate and she starts doing it. And then in no time, she's able to move around. She had had a stroke and her brother taught her, you got to do this, you got to do that. And she, he was the only person she would listen to. So she's little by little, just starts, just starts with the fingers, with the fingers, then with her arms, then with your leg, wiggle the toe, do this. She starts doing that, and eventually the woman is walking. And then after, people say, is that the same person who had the stroke? Bodily exercise profits a little. Please, don't fight it like it's a sinful thing when you're doing something natural to help you. God approves of it. 
Amen. The same Jesus who put mud on somebody's eyes. Don't go put mud on anybody's eyes. We're talking. <laughs> ah, okay, go to chapter 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, 23. Praise the Lord. When you find it, say amen. Okay, great. Thank you. Interesting one we're going to look at. Drink no longer water. Don't stop there, please. Continue. But use a little wine for your stomach's sake. And your often infirmities. I'm sorry, First Timothy 5.23. Is it wrong? First, I said Thessalonians. Oh, I'm sorry. I know, I like First Thessalonians 5.23. I know, that, that's in my spirit. The very God of peace will sanctify you completely, entirely. Your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless and harmless till the coming of the Lord. So God wants us well till even Jesus comes. Maybe the Spirit wanted us to look at that. Right? That's a good one. That's a good one. But thank you, church. Wow, you're very attentive. That's good. But I meant First Timothy five twenty three. So we get a, we have it on the screen. We're good. Thank you. Thank you, media team. Young man, God bless you. Hallelujah. So let's read that. Drink no... <laughs> this one is a good one. Funny one. Drink no longer water. All right, don't stop there. That doesn't mean stop drinking water. Water is actually good. You need to hydrate. All right, let's just read on. Drink no longer water, but... Use a little wine... <laughs> I like, I like that he said, he's told him a little. Because <laughs> somebody's going to say, praise the Lord Jesus. That says the Lord. <laughs> Amen. By the way, there's no way in the Bible that the, the Bible uh, says don't drink. It's not in the Bible. So don't go make laws for people. Bible actually says, don't get drunk. That's a suggestion that you can drink. Just don't get drunk. Problem with human beings is that we don't know our limits. Historically, we have shown to ourselves, we don't know limits. So you have to use wisdom, personal judgment. So sometimes look at your own character, your own disposition, your weaknesses, also look at maybe family history and then make your judgments and your decisions. You know, some people have a family history of alcoholism. So if you have that problem, then you cannot use Timothy's solution. 
can say what the Bible said to no. Uh, Timothy's grandmother was not an alcoholic. Timothy's mother was not on crack. Was not an alcoholic. Timothy had three generations established in the word. Been taught from his childhood. Scriptures that made him wise unto salvation. That's in 1 Timothy 3. From childhood. Yes. So. Don't. Press the trigger. That can release that alcoholism problem back into the family. You, you release it. You open the door. And then you allow, you know, and just, just continues. Don't do that. And it can affect children, you know, and nephews and nieces. You just never know how far Satan is going to take something. Just like God told Adam and Eve, everything is yours. Just this one tree, don't touch. All the trees are yours. Just one, don't touch this. You touch it, you will die. You'll be separated from me. Eventually, that will teach you how to die physically. But God didn't even tell them that after you do it, one of your children will kill the other. Murder, you know. Uh, all of that was never mentioned to them. So you just never know what Satan is going to do. Just don't open the door. Are we good? If you know alcoholism rise in your family, stay away from alcohol. Period. Stay away from it. Because without Jesus, humans don't have greater power than spirits. I repeat. Without Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, our Lord, humans don't have greater power than spirits. No. Humans cannot over Manipulate spirits. You can't. So, don't give the devil any. Ephesians 4, 27. Give the devil. Are we good? Okay. Timothy evidently had no problem with wine. So, he could use wine. But even in his case, he was told, a little wine. Yes? Imagine I come to church Sunday. Brethren, let's turn to first, no, not first Titus. <laughs> no. Timothy, Timothy was a pastor like me. You, you, yeah, you can't. Let's pray and pastors are asleep snoring. No, we can't. Or oh, seeing visions and dreams. No, we can't be doing that. See, so. Yeah. All right. But you can use wine. And notice he said, use wine for your stomach's sake. Specific. And your often infirmities. So it appeared that Pastor Timothy pastor of Ephesus, had these uh, digestive issues, some kind of problem, personal, you know, with his body. 
Unfortunately for him, he lived at that time in an area where their water was bad. So you're, you're already, you're prone to, you know, this, this is digestion. This is, you know, your stomach. And the water is bad. It's going to affect you more than others. See that? So the lesson is that where you know that you are uh, susceptible to some kind of attack or problem, you have to take uh, the extra precaution, you know, preventative measures to protect yourself. Meaning things that others can do, you can do. Even though they are not sinful, for you, they are not expedient. They are lawful, but they are not expedient. Amen. You're young. You're in an area, like when I first came to the United States, lived in Washington, D.C., in an area, for those who don't know, uh, it's called, uh, there's a park opposite it called Malcolm X Park. It used to be called Meridian Hill Park. Its name was changed good. Uh, but at that time, it's kind of, uh, anyway. Uh, I remember the, uh, I was here, I think, six months before uh, Meg came. And so she comes, and the very next morning, we're walking up the street. This is in Washington, D.C., 16th Street. The 16th Street can run all the way when you're going downtown to, to the White House. But this is going up northwest. For those who don't know, it's just down and up. So it's going up. So we're going to the grocery store because I bought everything but tomatoes to cook. So she comes. She says, you got everything, but you don't have tomatoes. So we're going to get tomatoes. So we walk up to the grocery store. As soon as we walk out, people are shooting, like shooting, shooting guns, shooting. <laughs> people are shooting, shooting. Howard University has a hostel, hostel building. And the people in the building shooting out towards the street, the side that we're walking up, and there are detectives behind cars shooting back, like you're watching a movie. And she says to me, I told you in America, they're shooting all the time, you know. We live in a place where nobody has guns, you know. You got me out here. I told you. And I said, I've been here for six months. Nobody shot anybody, you know. I'm like, God, man, why did it have to be today? Uh, we are here, so we made it alive, yes? Thank God. <laughs> Amen. That's also a problem that we need to work on in the United States. Because historically, we have demons. We have, I know people are like, what, why is he saying that? Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have certain entities, there's energies, whatever you call it. There's actually something that is working against the land and against the people. Something that we don't seem to have control over. Because we're very brilliant, very smart. And the wealthiest country still in the world wealthier than China, and still most powerful nation. But why is it that our kids get shot in schools? Kindergarten, and they get shot. It doesn't make sense. 
So there is some energy, something happening that we don't seem to have control over. And my prayer is that somehow by the grace of God, we will get control over it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Because some things are not just you and I arguing. Some things go beyond the natural. There are powers, there are energies, whatever you want to call it. I know as, as a pastor, I can just tell you, and you know from Ephesians 6, there are ruling spirits, there are principalities, there are powers. But I'm online. Somebody's listening to me is like, I don't understand these Bible words. So I have to explain it in a way that people can understand that there are certain energies, certain powers. Something is happening that goes beyond the normal. It's unexplainable, but it's happening. So we have to figure out how to deal with it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't make sense. That is the wealthiest country, the most powerful country, yet children keep getting shot in school. That's just one example. But you all, you all know it's just anywhere. <laughs> People can get killed in grocery stores. People get killed at work. People get killed in their homes, drive-by shootings. I mean, it's, it's not normal. It's not acceptable. We don't have to live that way. So something has to be done. And for believers, we pray against the ruling spirits, the principalities, the powers, the energies, the entities, whatever you want to call it, just pray against that thing that is not normal. In Jesus' name. Are we good? Okay, thank you. All right. So you may have, God forbid, but you may have some kind of physical problem you're working through to get to the place of health. Until you get to full health, Use a little whatever that is good for you that makes your stomach better. Use it till your stomach is completely well. Are we good? And don't feel guilty. Just don't get drunk. If I'm, if I'm Timothy, well, I don't really care for one. But if you do, if you're Timothy, you're like, God bless Pastor Paul. Hallelujah. Prophesy to me, brother, anytime. This is good word from God. All right, so you learned something? Okay. Let's do another physical uh, way to get well. Let's do which one? Isaiah. Isaiah 38. Give me a minute to find Isaiah 38. 38, 31. Pastor Sandra, can you help me? I'm looking for... Put some ointment on it. Put some fix on it. Isaiah 38. I know this is King Hezekiah. Oh. No, some of the, I know, you know, because I concentrate on this a spiritual aspect of healing, you know, anointing, praying for the sick, cast out demons. Uh, sometimes some of those practical things takes a while to uh, remember them. 38, 31. Was that right? 38, 21. Oh, wow. Thank you. All right. 38. 38, 21. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, so we're there, right? Okay. For Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs. The fig tree, fig, fig leaves, 
and lay it for a plaster upon the boil, and he shall recover. Prophet Isaiah, the same prophet who said, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Prophet Isaiah says, go get a plaster, find some ointment. Now, back then, whatever medication that was, I, I'm, I'm medically, I don't know what it was. But all I'm saying is that use today. If it is some kind of plaster, some kind of ointment, whatever it is that has some healing, you know, uh, power in it to regenerate the cells or the body, put it on it and cover that wound and get well. Come on, somebody say amen. Today I've taught well. You may not have liked it, but I believe that I've taught very well. Let's get well. Let's, let's get well and stop being critical of people who have to go see their doctor. Stand with people in prayer while they're using whatever natural things to get well. Stand with them. Also, if you have to stand with them when it comes to just dealing with spiritual powers and you happen to be, to be the kind who understand that, yes, stand with them. For example, I showed you in Revelation 16, unclean spirits like frogs. There are actually situations in life where it may be a spirit. Cast it out. Do what Jesus did. Apply the message that Brother T.D. Jakes, when he, his ministry was exploding, the theme that he was following. Woman, thou art loosed. That's from Luke chapter 13. In that case, it was a, a woman whose back was bent. She could not lift herself up. But Jesus diagnosed that as a spiritual condition and commanded the spirit to leave her. And the spirit left her instantly and she was made well. There may be some physical cases that are like that. In fact, let's see it. Luke 13 and we'll look at verse 10 and verse 16, I believe. Ah, I know there was something else about this fig, fig leaves that I wanted to show you, but maybe another time. Uh, Luke. Uh, Luke 13, yes. Verse 10, did I say verse 10? Uh, is that what I said? Luke 13, 10? Uh, yes. So Luke 13, 10. Jesus was teaching one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Verse 11, behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Not one, not two, not 15, 18 years was bent together, bent down, or bowed together, and could in no way lift up herself. Wow. Verse 12, And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity. What did Jesus say? Everybody online? Woman, you are loosed. From what? Infirmity. Go back to verse 11. 
Verse 11 tells us that infirmity was a spirit. Some infirmities aren't spirits. They are just a weakness. I repeat, some infirmities aren't spirit. They are weaknesses. Like malady, physical malady, physical weakness. But other things are spiritual oppressions. Verse 13, and he laid his hands on her. So the laying of hands came after. It followed what? Right. It followed verse 12, where Jesus commanded the spirit out. Are we good? So he dealt with it by ministering deliverance first. Then touched her and ministered healing. We are right with that. Okay. You're going to have to do some of that when you go to minister to people, somebody at work, a friend, a colleague says, this is going on with my son or with, with a family member. I know you go to church. You invited me once. I heard the pastor talking about just seems something weird. Can you help? You set a date. You go to their home. You go to minister. Deal with the spirit. Cast the spirit out. Don't mollify a spirit. Don't entertain a spirit. You cast, you drive them out. You order, you pray a commanding prayer. You don't ask, Lord, uh, please kindly, no. It's a spirit, the Lord said, you cast them out in my name. So you order them out. Are we good? No, yes, maybe, are we good? Thank you. Amen. All right. I, I need for you to come along with me. That's what I'm doing. So if it's a demon, you cast it out. You don't pray, Lord, please do this. Sometimes we think, well, I'm asking the Lord, so the Lord will do it. But it may not be a situation where you're supposed to be asking. It may be a situation where the Lord is telling you to order the demon out. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to see. Amen. So Jesus, look at this. He says, woman, you will lose from your infirmity. Then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Let's skip to, I don't have time, so I'm just going to skip to verse 16. Luke 13, verse 16. I'll give the media team a sec to take us there. Luke 13, 16. All right, please look at verse 16, church. Are we there? Okay, online. Luke 13, 16. Watch this. Pay attention. It's very important. Jesus says, and ought not, should not, must not, should not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom, I want you to notice this, whom, mention the next word, whom Satan, Satan. So now another being is introduced into this situation. There's Jesus, there's this woman, but Jesus says there's some energy, there's some presence, some being that is made itself an adversary to this woman. It's made itself an opponent to this woman. And I have to help this woman out by driving out that spirit that is opposing her. Are we good? Okay. Verse 16. Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound these 18 years be what? Read it. Be what? Loosed, let's go please, be what? 
loosed from this bondage. Especially on this Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. She's supposed to rest. If there's any day at all to be free, it is on the day that is called rest, free, or relaxation day. Psalm 23. He leads me beside stilled waters. And you tell me he restores my soul. So sometimes your healing needs to come or would come when you take time to find some stilled waters. Go on vacation. Look at the water. You know that, that the big one. Ocean. Go in and just sit there and just do nothing. But you're doing something. You are relaxing. You are resting so that your body will be whole and your soul will be restored. This is the same Jesus who told his disciples, let us go aside and, I know you know it, and rest for a while. Hello? Don't take pride in saying, well, you know, I don't need any rest. I don't need any sleep. I work more than everybody in this company. You, I won't say what I was about to say. Just take care of yourself. Because I'm telling you, that company, that machine is going to keep going with or without you. Take care of yourself. I know I preach well. I preach good. Take care of yourself. Go outside, rest for a while. Psalm 23, may he lead you beside waters of tranquility, stilled waters, and he restores my soul. We good? Right. I'm going to end on a more spiritual note. Cast out some devils. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm just teasing you. Go to Proverbs 4, please. Proverbs 4. There's much we can look at, but I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit has ministered to you all. To y'all. Amen. Proverbs 4, verse 20, please. Hallelujah. Some of you have been laughing today, which is also good because laughter does good like what? Medicine. That is why I pretended that I was drunk and I was going to fall over. That was just to get you to laugh a little. Because joy is strength. Amen. You know, Nehemiah 8.10, right? The joy of the Lord is your strength. This is not the day to mourn, a day to grieve. It's a day of victory. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Our day of salvation has come from Jesus. It's today. The salvation started when he died. That was the day salvation started. That's the period. We are, we are in the period or a day of grace. So rejoice. The Lord God loves you. Man, and if God be for you, <laughs> nobody can be against you to overcome you. That thing that is working against you, it will bow the knee. I command it to bow the knee in Jesus' name. I cast out spirits of infirmity right there. 
out in Jesus' name. I pray that you be made sound in your body in the name of Jesus. Amen. And notice what has happened to you also as you heard the word. I said it earlier, but what has happened? Look at Proverbs chapter 4, 20 to 23, and then we end. Proverbs 4. Maybe I should just say it because uh, I know it. My Bible isn't going along with me. So <laughs> Proverbs 4, uh, my son, attend to my sayings. Oh, pay attention, you know. Listen, here. Attend to my sayings. Incline your ears. Right? Is that what he says? To my word. Is that what he says? Okay. So attend to my sayings, incline your ears to my words. Let it not depart from your eyes. Something like that. Okay. All right. Okay. Amen. <laughs> yes. Praise God. So this part that we're looking at, uh, I don't know. It is to get us to meditate on the word of God. It's just to get you to, like, think over the word, dwell on it, even mutter it to yourself, you know? Because it says your eyes, your ears, you know, hide it in the midst of your heart. For they are medicine or life to those who find them. So go find Amen. Right? There will be health to all your flesh. So there's a healing too that comes when we read the word, think about the word, say the word to ourselves. All right? And for ministry, now notice this, for ministry, when you go to minister to people in the hospital, pray for them for their healing, it's a good thing. But advise the family to have like uh, scriptures on healing that they'll continue to play on the person's phone or some device, iPad, whatever, so that they'll listen. Because usually when a person's in the hospital, they are captive. They're not going anywhere. And, you know, when I've gone to pray over all these years, pray for people, often the TV is on and it's on some station that is... It's not benefiting the person. And sometimes, especially when it's on the news, it's stressful. So I'm saying ministry. You need to be aware of this. You've gone to pray spiritually for them, but after you leave, the work needs to continue. So you need to advise them that continue to listen to the word, Proverbs 4. You know? Let them continue to listen to it on their phone, iPad, whatever. Set it up for them. Show them. You know, Google's healing scriptures, something like that, all right? Have a family member read it out to them. By the stripes of Jesus, we heal. Read this every day. What, this is ministry. Please go out and minister. Ministry is not having a title in the church. I'm bishop. I'm archbishop. I'm evangelist. No. If you evangelist, go do it. Do, do it. There are sinners out there. Go. Amen. 
So I'm ministering to you, but I'm helping you to go minister to people. We often forget this. When they're in the hospital, after you leave, they're laying there and they are watching news. It's stressful. So advise their family. Change the channel. If they're going to watch something, say, put it on comedy channel. Put it on some comedy channel. They'll laugh themselves to health. Man. Or especially for you all who are very rich, just have your own channel. Just let them bring your own TV and everything that you prepared and watch it yourself. Thank God for today's world. You can do that. I'm, I'm done. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. I believe that as you have heard, as you've looked at the word, considered it, according to God, this word has become medicine to you. I believe it's happened. Amen. Continue to do so. Stay in the word. Let the word do its job in your life. Amen. For you younger people who are starting to have your families, start your families. When the kids are going to bed, play the New Testament scriptures for them. Just leave it on in their room, playing New Testament scriptures. The old is good, but it can be very heavy, you know. So New Testament, parents, young parents, let them, it affects their spirit. See, Pastor, they don't understand. Yeah, it's fine. A spirit is not a baby or an adult. It's a human spirit. And it can capture the, the word of God. Amen. God has helped. God has healed. Now we want to pray that you confirm his word with miracles following. Expect it. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That Jesus bore our sins on his own body on the cross. And he bore our sicknesses also. By his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. We confess that we are healed. We agree with you that we are healed. We declare that we are healed. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Now together we say to our body, body you are healed. Be well, body. Be well. Be strong. In the name of Jesus, you are the temple of God. You are set up for health, not sickness. Body, be healed. In the name of Jesus. We say to our bones, we say to dry bones, rise and live. According to Ezekiel 37, we can talk to dry bones. So we talk to our bones. We talk to our soul. We say to ourselves, as the psalmist said in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord and forget not his benefits. So I say to my soul, bless God. And I say to myself, don't be down. I say to myself, look to the Lord. Don't be fearful. Don't be depressed. I say this. However, this ministration is speaking to you. Begin to speak to yourself. 
in whichever way the Lord has ministered to you right now. And as the spirit is moving, he's telling you something as I'm ministering, begin to talk to yourself. It may not be something negative. It may be even affirming a positive thing. Still go ahead and flow. Let's flow with the spirit. Talk to yourself. In the name of Jesus. You can tell yourself you are the healed of the Lord. You can tell yourself you I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can tell yourself I will not be afraid of the enemy. I'll not be afraid of what man will do to me. For the Lord has said to me, he will never leave me nor forsake me. So I say to myself, I will not be afraid. These are things people said to themselves in the Bible. As David spoke in Psalm 23, he said, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Tell yourself that. So it's not always negative. You're speaking against a negative thing, which is also good. But sometimes you're just affirming a positive thing. I just sense that the Spirit of God wants us to flow with him. He just wants you to flow. So please flow with God. Say to yourself something that the Spirit is prompting you to say. Say to yourself that it is well with you. It is well with me in the name of the Lord. I am the head, not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am blessed and I'm highly favored. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I will live and not die. I say to myself, I will live and not die. I will live to declare the praises of the Lord. I say to myself, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So of whom shall I be afraid? I fear no foe, for no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue risen against me, I arise and I condemn it, because my heritage is of the Lord, and my heritage includes righteousness. My heritage includes health and peace and joy unspeakable and full of glory. I say to myself that the Lord is my God. I say to my soul, rest in the Lord. I say to my soul, hope thou in the Lord. I say to my soul, you have escaped the traps of the enemy and you have fled for refuge to the Lord. And now the Lord is your strength tower. I say to myself, from whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord, maker of the heavens and the earth, God who is able to do all things. I say to myself, to the Lord, nothing shall be impossible. I say to my soul, he has forgiven all my sins. I say to my soul, bless the Lord, who heals all my diseases. I say to my soul, bless the Lord, for he has redeemed me from destruction. I say to my soul, bless the Lord, for he has renewed my youth as the eagles. I say to my soul, bless the Lord, for he causes me to mount up with wings as the mighty eagle. I say to my soul, bless the Lord, for he has written my name in the Lamb's book of life. I say to the Lord, bless my, bless the, bless the Lord, for he has healed me of all digestive 
issues and problems, my often stomach infirmities, they are healed. I bless the Lord. I bless the Lord who has not forsaken me. I bless the Lord who has built a wall of fire around me. I bless the Lord who is the glory in me. I bless the Lord who has set me free from my enemies. I bless the Lord who has anointed my hands with power so that a bow of steel is broken by my hands. I bless the Lord who has opened for me the two leaf gates of brass. I bless the Lord who hears me and answers my prayers. I bless the Lord who has made me the head, who has launched me forth, who has launched me into deep waters where I see his signs and wonders. I bless the Lord just as he spoke through his servant Reverend Janice the other day that I was only pulled back so that I may be shot forward. Oh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. That was not a delay. I was just pulled back that I may be launched and shot forward as an arrow from the hand of Almighty God. I bless the Lord who has fulfilled his promises to me. For as he said, so has he done. I bless the Lord because what I believed him for, he has done for me. I bless the Lord for this child, my child I prayed, and the Lord gave me this child. For this grandchild I prayed, and the Lord healed and answered. And so I bless the Lord that it is well with my grandchild. My grandchild is totally healed. My grandchild is restored. Her cells are made well. Her blood is made well. Her heart is strong. Her heart is strong. Just as my heart is spiritually strong, trusting in the Lord. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. My grandbaby's heart is steadfast, healed and strong. I see my family rising up as a mighty army, as it is. In Ezekiel 37, we are not emaciated. We are not broken and falling apart. The Lord saw us in our brokenness and he restored us and healed us. Now we arise as a mighty army. I pray these things for you and for your loved ones. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the Lord be your saving health. 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 In the name of Jesus. Come on, church, go ahead and flow with God. In your home, flow with God. Whatever the Lord is telling you, flow with the Spirit. That means pray along what is inside you, what he's moving you to do. Pray along with the Spirit. The Spirit will help you pray according to God's perfect will. So pray along with him. Move with God and may he carry you into your land that is flown with milk and honey. May he carry you beside stilled waters, waters of tranquility, waters of peace. May he carry you. Come on, go ahead and pray. You can pray in English. You can pray in French, Spanish. You can pray in your own language, any language. And you can pray in tongues. You can pray by the Spirit. Go ahead and please, whatever you do, just go ahead and flow with God. In your home, flow with God. Kama Zatari.
Libiri andos pretoska. Ayando loribisi tandele brestuzi. Asibirienda katuri baluri zazuya. Andiribisantuli babani anduri. Zantali bibi. Zaita libibe. Ilienda ziri bikandi ziri. Yaberi anderi manduri. Andali bizai katari ilibianta sabiri andali mazuri baturi kaduri ransitiri bandali bikrandu sabiri andeye labrandu satiri baturi shakani manduya leisa pandu lizai takiri andeya rabazundi bakai taperi andoya I receive divine wisdom for health and wholeness I pray same for you my brothers and sisters in Jesus' matchless name. So even now, may your spirit download divine wisdom from God. Yes, 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 yes. That you will know, that you will experience the resurrection power of Jesus in your own body. That you'll be quickened. I pray this for everyone. That you may know. Experientially. You may know. You may know. You may know. The resurrection power of Jesus. In your mortal body. Yes. 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 And also spiritually. You may know. That this power. Raised Jesus Christ. Far above every principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, every ruler, all ancient thrones, dominions, spirits that have operated in your family. In Jesus' name, may you experience the resurrection power of Jesus that has lifted you up far above them. And from that place of power, may you rest. May you rest while you put your feet in the state of rest. Put your feet on their head and crush them. Put them under your feet. In your state of rest in God, put them under your feet. Put the devil under your feet where he belongs and crush him. Crush the head of that ancient serpent. Crush the head of that, that throne that operated in your family. Has operated against your marriage. Has operated against your relationships. Operated against your business. Come on, you know what you have been enduring. You know what you've been going through. Lift your voice and pray. I touch and agree with you. If it is an unclean spirit that has been operating like a frog or like a dog or whatever, like a lion roaring against you, I command its mouth to be shut in Jesus' name. Samatari Bikeas, please pray spiritually. Let the Lord work. In the Bible, the devil comes sometimes like a roaring lion. In the Bible, we see dogs. I don't mean your nice pet. I'm talking about spiritual things. In the Bible, we see things like frogs, unclean spirits. Take authority right now. Mandozetos. We have serpentine spirits, snake spirits. 
kama zotes. We step on serpents and scorpions. The jaws of the viper are crushed. That python spirit, that python spirit that has come against your family, working through false prophets, squeezing the life out of your families through evil and negative words, creating suspicion among family members. Today, I join with you in prayer and we take authority over the python spirit that is squeezing joy and harmony out of your families. Have turned brother against brother. Has turned children against parents. According to Malachi chapter 4, today, may the Lord restore and turn the hearts of fathers to their sons. Mothers to their daughters, parents to their children. I command the curses gone and the blessings come. Hey, Mazoyatoziki, Rabashin Debeturias, that contention between father and son, I stop it today in the name Jesus. I drive out the Python spirit, Mosetedi. Leba andoze, zeka batole. Come on, please pray. Don't be a lazy Christian. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray with power. Pray in faith in the name of the Lord Jesus. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Pray with fire. Sondelele, Rasinde Becaya, Zibriando Jekeri Baduri Antaya. Ah, I bless your generations. I bless your generations. The Lord is saying it's not only a father and a son whose relationships, relationship is restored, or fathers and sons whose relationships are restored, but your generations, grandparents, grandchildren. Generations restored. It's not only physical, it's emotional, it's mental, as we saw in the word, and it's also spiritual. The Lord's taking care of all that. I'm just hearing that it's not just for your children, it's generations. Give him praise. My spirit hit a note of praise. It's done. Give God praise. <laughs> yes, Lord. Somebody rejoice. Rejoice at home. Hey, rejoice. Ah, for my mouth is enlarged against my enemies. My heart rejoices in the Lord, my Savior. Glory be to God. Cayenne sire. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, oh, we thank you for all you've done. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, God bless you, spirit, soul, and body. God bless you in every area of your life. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. And Lord, for that person who is now born again, whose heart is crying out for you, I pray them into the kingdom. Now, be loosed from whatever lied to you, whatever held you, bound you free. To give your life to the Lord. That means to say Jesus I receive you. 
I, I leave Satan's camp. I join you. Because Jesus died for my sins. He was raised up for me. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. Go ahead and make that your prayer. Say it. You're using your authority right now on earth to make an eternal decision that shuts hell's door and opens heaven's door to you. That gives you the eternal life of God now here in this life. And you'll be present in God's presence when you've lived a good long life on earth and you've left the earth. Spirit will be with Jesus. This is what I pray for now. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. You saved me from my sins. You washed them away. Thank you. Thank you. I know it's by faith, but I feel it too. God's done some wonderful things for people. Born again. I sever every cord that attached you to a past of bondage, religious bondage, demonic spirits that ran amok in your life, just came in and out. I sever those spiritual cords. I cut them off. In Jesus' name, you're no longer connected to them, bound. You're no longer tethered to them. You are free in Jesus' name. Even now, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're born again. You have God's Spirit, but receive the power of God's Spirit. So weaknesses are gone. Empty areas are filled. Be full, be full, be full. Be filled to the overflowing with the Power of God. Oh, you had the well of living water for salvation, but now receive rivers, rivers. Be filled with the Holy Spirit in your home right now. In Jesus' name, say amen. Thank you, Lord. Begin to praise him now. Praise God. Praise God. Say, I praise you. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. You may be seated. Please just continue in the presence of God. Don't lose it. I just, just feel like God's working and we don't want to just snap out of it. Amen. So just, just uh, enjoy it. Bask in this glory. Praise God. Of course, because of time, I had to rush on and be done, uh, but still continue in the glow and the glory of the Lord. Amen. Want to give to God right now. Tithes, offerings, gifts of love, thanksgiving, offerings. You just want to give to God. Also, those online, if this ministry is a blessing to you, you want to support the work of God in this ministry, uh, we thank you and we ask God to bless you. You may do so. There are three ways that you can give. It's going to be on your screen. I want to pray. And then we'll give following the directions on your screen. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to give financially to you. We're not paying you. We can't. Thank you for saving us. We give in faith to support the work of the kingdom of God. We are blessed giving. And we are blessed receiving. To you be honor, praise, worship for receiving this worship of tithes, offerings, and gifts of love. We're blessed as individuals 
And as a ministry, we are so blessed to continue to do God's work without hindrance. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I said, there are three ways that you can give. Give via Zelle. If you're familiar with Zelle, then go ahead and give if you choose to do that. If you're not familiar with Zelle, don't let it bug you. You can give online through PayPal. And you go to our website, uh, which is wmmchurch.org. wmmchurch.org. And the moment you go there, I take you to a page. You see a red donate button. Just click on it. That takes you to pay PayPal and give as you choose. God bless you. You can also send a check to World Missions Ministries in the mail. To World Machines Ministries. Our address here in Maryland, our address is 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. That's USA for those of you who are overseas. Again, it's World Missions Ministries, 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland. 20735 USA. That's four checks to the mailing address. The other one was the website. And of course, Zelle. The number for Zelle is 571 234 2387. 571 234 2387. Thank you so much for giving, for supporting us, and thank you for praying for us. It's such a joy to share with you and to have you join us every Sunday for World Missions Ministries Church Service. Remember, the darkness of Satan's power is over. True light of Jesus shines so brightly in our lives with salvation, healing, as we heard today, deliverance, peace, power, prosperity, God's grace and his love for you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. This ends our online service. God bless. See you next week.